0: the points he wrote of his podcast brought to you by my bookie my name is Matt Lamarca you can find me on twitter at Matt Lamarca and I'm joined by my co-host Kyle Dvorak who you can find on twitter at Kyle tweets here Kyle how's it going
1: uh it's going well last week was uh, another good week for us betting uh I think I, I got smoked in DFS last week so it's a good thing I had a little bit of something to make up from uh on this podcast so it'll be exciting to see how this week goes
0: yeah, we're building up a little bit of momentum here. I think this is now—it's like, at least four. three
1: weeks positive in a row. I think.
0: Yeah, I think four for me, but it might nice. be three for the show. So yeah, we're we're getting the momentum going. Hopefully, we can we can put together another good week in week seven. Uh, before we get into that, though, I want to remind everybody: you can become a Road of His patron and gain exclusive access to the Road of His Radio Slack channel, where you can ask questions and gain league-winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Patronships start at just $6 per month. Become a Road of His Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners. Sign up at patreon.com slash Radio. So before we do picks for week seven, I just wanted to give a quick update here through six weeks. It has really been a... Uh, an interesting year so far. So, underdogs have been extremely profitable. 5635 and 1 against the spread. Uh, that's the second most profitable start to the season ever since uh Betlabs has been tracking in 2003, so a pretty large sample size. And road teams have also crushed. 5434 and 1 against the spread. That's the most profitable start since 2003. So, uh not sure if that's going to continue i hope it does because i love to bet underdogs but it's definitely something to keep in mind like there is probably some regression coming uh that said like if you're somebody who only bets favorites be it straight up money line parlays or teasers which i know uh, it's a very common way of betting i think you might want to start to reevaluate your strategy because you've probably had a bunch of losing weeks to start the season
1: yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, um, it's like, common knowledge that, like, you don't want to back, like, just these, like, generic public favorites, but the fact that this season has been so profitable for just, like, going, like, just not betting favorites, because those typically where the juice kind of lies, uh, the fact that it's been so profitable this season works well for you, but also, like, I've been trying to pick up on some of your wisdom, so for me as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm honestly, after seeing that, I'm a little bit disappointed that my record isn't better. You know, like, I'm definitely happy with where I'm sitting at at the moment. I think I'm four games over 500, but, like, if you had told me that it was going to be the most profitable season ever for underdogs, or second most profitable, like, I would have imagined I would be printing at this point. So, I'm definitely happy. Hopefully, the underdogs can keep it going and make all of us a lot of money by the end of the year. All right, let's start with Thursday Night Football. You've got the Kansas City Chiefs, the reeling Kansas City Chiefs, losers of two in a row, heading into Mile High to take on the Denver Broncos, who Kyle, come on, man. I know you're starting to get that Denver vibe going. They're better than uh, they're better than everybody thought. Except if they're the best team in the league.
1: I'm not getting like the Denver vibe, the Denver Juices, but I'm definitely like uh, it's tough for me to pick this one because these are two teams going in exact opposite directions uh denver just uh the opposite of the chiefs i believe they've they've picked off two in a row so or they picked off one and uh, i think not they two, covered. In a row? two in a row oh that's right That that's right two in a row against uh like the chargers who are like also trending in the wrong direction but they're still a decent team at least and then they beat the titans who aren't very good but they also just like handled the titans it wasn't particularly yeah, close game yeah like uh you know they only scored 16 but that's probably a factor of them not having to do anything so like it, it's tough for me. I, I kind of want to stay away just because I don't want to like lean so heavily into my love for the Chiefs and how much I was not backing the Broncos. Like uh, I don't know. Three just seems like so little for the Chiefs to cover having Patrick Mahomes. I guess I, I'd lean on you for this one. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I'm probably going to side with Denver, but I, this is a stay away for me. Like If the Chiefs were playing better and the Broncos hadn't won two in a row, we would definitely be getting more line value than we're getting right now. Like, Chiefs minus three, I think if this game was played two weeks ago, it might have been, like, Chiefs minus even something like seven. Yeah, I think it would
1: have been seven and a half would have been my guess. Like, that's just the way these two teams looked two weeks ago was incredibly polarizing compared to where they look now.
0: That said, like, the Chiefs have concerns, right? There are lots of concerns with their offensive line. Uh, Patrick Mahomes looked pretty good last week, but... Denver's defense, I still think, is legit. Like, I mean, they did just shut somebody out. So it's not like I'm going out on a huge limb there. But as far as two and four teams go, like, Denver has probably been one of the better ones. You know, they had two very close losses. They could, they could easily be an above 500 team right now. So Denver played Kansas City tough in Denver last year. They were up 10 in the fourth quarter. Kansas City ultimately came back and won that game by four. But, I, I mean, just the environment on a primetime game. Like, I think Denver is the correct side, but I wish that we were getting a better number. So, overall, this is going to be a pass for me, but it would be the Broncos or, or nothing here. All right, let's move on to the Sunday 1 o'clock games. No London special this week, Uh, but we'll kick it off with the Arizona Cardinals heading into New York to face the Giants. The Giants are favored by three. And we have a forty-nine point total. Uh, Kyle, you have any feel for this contest?
1: Yeah. I, did you back the? Did you end up backing the Cardinals last week? Because I feel like it was an like I don't want to say an obvious bounce back spot because they barely like they barely escaped without going into overtime. But uh, it was nice for them to finally finally get one of their uh, what is that two wins?
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't remember my 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 parlay special? Oh Arizona yes, Cardinals Please, uh, money uh, yes. Line. He-
1: Yeah, tell them the parlay, because the money line, the money line is nice, but the parlay is what's really special.
0: Yeah, I had a couple units uh, on the Cardinals spread, and then one unit on their money line, so I was happy. I expected them to win that game, and and they did. The parlay that I called on the podcast, unfortunately, did not win, because Dan Quinn somehow still has a job in Atlanta.
1: Was it just that he would be fired after that, after last week?
0: Yes. Oh, I was thinking, uh, it should have
1: been the next coach to get fired.
0: If that was, if that's a bet that was available, I mean, none of those bets were available. It was that's a hypothetical true. parlay, but I just felt, uh, I felt like that would have been the final straw, losing to a previously winless Arizona team. But apparently, Atlanta is not done with Dan Quinn just yet.
1: Uh, anyway, back to the, back to this game. Uh, I still, I think it's fine to go back to the Arizona Cardinals. Well, you have a great trend that I'll let you get into, but I just think that like their offense is finally starting to look like it's clicking a little bit. And I'm also interested to see if they ever stop kicking all these field goals, like their offensive ceiling still feels like relatively uncapped. And this is a very porous Giants defense. So I think I'm fine with backing. Uh, what I'm going to say is like the better offense for sure. I'm not really concerned with Saquon Barkley coming back. Like we, even if, even if like, uh, like, you can see that the top one or two running backs matter. It's really not all that much. Uh, like, we saw Wayne Gallman a few weeks ago it was just fine. John Hilleman sucks. It's good that they're not going to be playing him. Uh, but I don't I don't think it's a huge game to get Barkley back. I like backing the Cardinals here.
0: Yeah, so my gut tells me that the Cardinals are, are the correct side here, but there are a couple of things that are pointing me in the other direction. I mean, first of all, the Giants are coming off of a Thursday game. So they have a little bit of a rest advantage. Uh The Cardinals also traveling west to east, and now they're going to have to play a 1 p.m. kickoff on the East Coast. That's another red flag for the Cardinals. So between those two things, I'm not going to actually take them, but I do think that the Cardinals are the better team. Like, I like the Cardinals better than the Giants. I just think the circumstances points into the favor of New York, so... Uh, that's going to swing me over to that direction, but again, this is a this is a no play for me. Yeah, this is
1: actually wild. The Cardinals have attempted uh, 19 field goals this season. The next close is Josh Lambeau with Jacksonville at 14. Like, if they ever decide to have any amount of like non cowardice in their bones, uh, their scoring ceiling is really uncapped at this point.
0: Yeah, definitely love the the. I don't know. We can't really call it the the vertical raid, but it's not the horizontal raid anymore. If there's like a middle, it's like the the Y, the Z axis offense. So yeah, no, I agree. Like if they start putting the ball in the end zone, they're going to be great. All right. Next game. This is my, this might be my favorite of the week. We've got the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are favored by one point and we have a 47 and a half point total. So after last week, everybody is now ready to anoint the Houston Texans, right? They're the, they're up there with the Chiefs best team. You know, Deshaun Watson, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, and I don't disagree with that. Like, I love Deshaun Watson, but I think that their victories have come against some flawed teams. And now they're going to face a team against the Colts who is coming off of a bye and matches up against them much better. Like, the Colts, uh, their, their strength is in the trenches. They're going to have a healthy T.Y. Hilton back. And this is a trend that I pulled up that I like. So, teams coming off a bye week that are favored are 154 112 and 9 against the spread uh historically so that's a plus 12.7% return on investment basically like how I'm interpreting that trend is that good teams and teams with good coaches tend to prepare better when you give them extra time off that makes sense to me you know like I would expect favorites to do better with extra time than underdogs because underdogs usually aren't good teams. So I like that trend. Uh, he, the public predictably is all over Houston. You know They're getting a ton of tickets at the moment. So anytime that I think I can hedge public perception and go with the team that I think is a little bit better, I w- I'm going to do that. And that's what I'm doing right now with the Colts.
1: Well, yeah. I, I mean, I can see the the rationale behind betting Houston. They did just come off of a big win against Kansas City. But if only there were like a team... On this slate that was also coming off of beating Kansas City. Uh, oh, yeah, it's the Colts. Like, I think, uh, like, if this were if this were reversed, where the Texans beat the Colts or the Texans beat the Chiefs two weeks ago and the Colts are coming off of it, we might see a different line. And I think that's like, like you said, it's just a good way to fade public perception. And I agree. The Colts have, like, utterly proved me wrong with Kobe Brissett. And I'm willing to back them now, especially like how dominant they were able to beat the, um, the Kansas City offense. Like, I, I get it. Like, Andrew Luck or Andrew Luck. I get it. Um, Patrick Mahomes was a bit banged up in that game, but they looked like they had a good equation for beating good quarterbacks. So I think uh, like, I'd back the Colts here, too, and your, your trend actually has me probably putting them in my five.
0: All right, next game, Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Bills, 17-point favorites. I mean, raise your hand if you had Buffalo favored by 17 at any point this season because I certainly didn't think that would happen. Uh, total on this game sits at 40.5. So... Uh, a couple of things here to consider one we've got an interesting trend i created called against the spread differential so basically the against the spread record of the team that you're playing minus your against the spread record so if that's greater than 50 percent the team that is the worst against the spread team and i get that That's a little bit confusing the way that I just laid that out. But basically, if you have one team that's covered a lot and one team that hasn't, the team that has not covered is the, is the historically correct side. Not by a huge rate, but you would have a return on your, on investment of roughly three and a half percent. Uh, big divisional underdogs have also crushed this season. So underdogs in divisional matchups have gone five and one against the spread when getting at least seven and a half points. So, I think I'm taking Miami. I don't feel great about it. I mean, Miami obviously has no idea what they're doing. They're they're now going back to Ryan Fitzpatrick after announcing Josh Rosen would start the rest of the season. They clearly just don't seem to have any any fight left in them. I mean, they were down two touchdowns to the Redskins before they made the switch back to Fitzpatrick. I just think it's too many points with a team that I don't feel particularly good about.
1: Yeah, this game actually matches uh, one of the profitable trends we talked about a few weeks ago. It's uh, when you have these big home favorites, if there's a a low total, it just becomes increasingly hard for them to cover. I think it was uh, a two touchdown favorite at home uh, with the total under 44 points. The underdog covered that spread like 70 plus percent of the time. Yeah, Uh, just just spitballing that I think that's roughly actually hedged towards uh, decreasing those odds just so I wouldn't overstep my bounds. But yeah, like uh, Miami has like it just feels like it would take so much for Miami not to cover the 17 points against a Bills team that has like, there's a good chance that we see it play out similar to like what we saw with uh, like Denver last week where the Bills have a good defense, but they might need only a good defense to win this game and their offense isn't like prolific or anything. So I, I like the, I like taking Miami in this one, like pretty, one of the better bets of Miami I felt this season, I guess.
0: Yeah. The, the one thing that concerns you is that now that Fitzpatrick is back at quarterback, the pick six is definitely back in play. So like they could definitely hand a few points to the Bills defense, uh, which would then make it much easier for their offense to to get them the rest of the way there. Uh, I don't think Rosen was nearly as aggressive forcing throws as Fitzpatrick is. So definitely something to consider, just a, a reason why I'm a little bit more hesitant on Miami. But I do think that their offense probably moves the ball better with Fitzpatrick at the helm as well. All right, when you're selling online, getting orders out can be a real pain. It's time-consuming, expensive, and there are so many options to choose from. How do you know that you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, even your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one easy-to-use interface. You can even manage your shipments straight from your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment that allows you to compare and choose the best option for you and your customers. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Right now, lang the points, listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days. Just sign up using promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk, and you can start your trial without even entering a credit card. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and enter promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com, promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. All right, here's another game that I like this week. Minnesota Vikings, minus one at the Detroit Lions. Total on this game sits at 45 and a half. So again, this is another one where I'm leveraging public perception, right? Minnesota has now looked great offensively in back-to-back weeks. Detroit coming off of a loss on Monday Night Football to the Packers. So naturally, Minnesota's the better team, right? Well, I disagree. Uh, the Vikings have had that success against two really awful secondaries in the Giants and, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles banged up unit. Meanwhile, Detroit probably should have won that game against Green Bay, but essentially had to, uh, compete with Aaron Rodgers and the referees down the stretch there. So I think that Detroit is the better team. They're at home. They're getting points. I don't, I don't really see that. I think that they are clearly the side here.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm surprised that they're like, I get that they just lost, but I mean, really, they, I don't know, it's hard to chalk that up as a loss. That, that's one of the worst, like, robberies in a game I've seen in terms of like the refereeing. It just felt like, I don't know, man, that was bad. Uh, so uh, it's hard for me to weigh really anything from what we saw other than the fact that they basically should have won that game. Um, and yeah, the fact they're getting points at home. And I, I, we talked about it before and Minnesota seems to have changed this a little bit in the past weeks, but I still think Minnesota just wants to play suboptimal by running the ball all the time. Uh, yeah, Alex fond Diggs popped off last week, but I, I, still think like it's just in Mike Zimmer's nature to want to play less than what you should. And the fact that the Lions are getting points at home, I, I'd take them like, I don't know if I'd take them as a better team, but getting the points, getting them at home, I'd for sure take them in that spot.
0: All right. Next game, Oakland Raiders at the green Bay Packers. Packers are favored by five and a half and we have a 47 point total. So one thing that stood out to me here is that we have basically the biggest uh, mismatch possible in terms of rest. So the Packers played on Monday Night Football, so they only have six days for this contest. The Raiders were just on a bye. So they have 14 days in between contests. Um, so I looked that up and surprisingly, the sh- the team with less rest, Has actually been the superior option here. They have gone 21 9 1 against the spread in that situation. So, not a huge sample size, but like a pretty convincing record for the team that has, you know, the quicker turnaround. So, that was enough to push me in the direction of the Packers. You know, the Raiders just. Uh They won their last game, but that was a weird game. It was in London. It was against a backup quarterback. I'm not sure how much stock I want to actually put into that. And then, of course, we have the the GOAT Aaron Rodgers as a home favorite trend. Historically, 46-28-3 against the spread. That's roughly a 21% return on investment. So I love backing Rodgers in general, but particularly as a home favorite. And I think that this Oakland team... Might be a touch overrated coming off that win against Chicago, so I'll back the pack. The pack as a less than a touchdown favorite.
1: Yeah, I'm. I, I'll take your word on this one because I'm struggling with to do with the Raiders. Like the Chicago win, I think like we've been doubting Chicago pretty much all season, uh, even heading back into the offseason. So like, especially with the pack quarterback, I don't weigh much into that. But then, uh, the win over Indianapolis before that, plus a win against Denver in week one. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what to make of this team, although I do like your trends. And I will say that, um, I'm not sure that I would like generally like place a premium on teams coming off a large rest differential. But what this just says to me is it's probably all noise. Like anyone who is weighing getting like the long rest for a short rest probably is like doing it wrong.
0: Right. Yes. I agree with that. Like I don't think that you should take that trend and say, Okay. Because of this, I'm going to bet the short rest team, but you should also then, I think, throw the rest factor out the window. Cause I was expecting Absolutely, to yeah. see, you know, like the long rest team having a sig- significant edge in this department, but that really hasn't been the case. All right. Next game. Uh, really, really gross football game here. <laughs> <laughs> I am not excited for this one. Jacksonville Jaguars favored by three and a half. On the road in Cincinnati. The total here is 44 points. Uh, Gardner Minshew, you know, they had special mustache day for him last week. And uh, unfortunately, they couldn't get the job done as a small home favorite against the Saints, whose defense is, is obviously pretty darn good at this point. I think we can pretty pretty safely say that. So the Jags were one of my two losses last week. I don't know what to do with this team, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what to do. We have, like, an incredibly small sample on uh, Gardner Minshew as a quarterback. And, like, it, it's hard, like, anyone who's not a first-round quarterback to hit rates on them just as NFL success stories are incredibly minuscule. But, uh, like, the Bengals are awful. They are truly, like, you have to start talking about them in that conversation uh, as, like, we have Miami as the clear 32nd best team. Washington, after barely beating them, basically coming one play, uh, one play ahead of them on the two-point conversion that uh, didn't happen for Miami, the 31st best team. I, you, you have to put the Bengals in consideration for that next team. And just, like, I don't think this three and a half point line, even though like uh, what the Jags are traveling, I still think I'm not sure that's enough. I'd take Jacksonville here just because I think the the public still is like Miami and Washington have taken all the spotlight as horrible teams, but the Bengals are just behind them.
0: Yeah, it's true, and I mean, I I had the Bengals last week, I they were in my five-pack, and they were a team that I bet on, and they ran the opening kickoff back for a touchdown, which is not going to happen very often, but when it does, like, as a big underdog, you should cover those games, and they still needed Andy Dalton to drive down the field and punch in a garbage-time TD in order to, to, you know, complete the backdoor cover, so... I'm not feeling particularly bullish on Cincinnati. Like, I probably should have lost that bet, you know, all things considered. But, uh, yeah, I, so I agree. Like, the Bengals are really bad. <laughs> I just am not sure how good Jacksonville actually is.
1: Yeah, for that reason, I probably won't have Jacksonville uh, in my five. But I, I don't know, I might. That's. I, I just think the Bengals are awful. But I can understand just not having a ton of confidence because we don't know exactly what Jacksonville is yet.
0: So... This game is one I have circled. We've got the Los Angeles Rams favored by three in Atlanta against the Falcons. Uh, 54 and a half is the total. So I I believe that's the largest total of the week. I've been kind of driving the bandwagon saying that the Rams are overrated, but this spread feels just way too low. You know, like how can Atlanta hang with the Rams? I know they're at home. Uh, I know that the Rams have really struggled to block, but... Is that going to be a problem against Atlanta? I don't really think so. So I think this is a prime spot for the Rams to uh, to come out, put up like 40 points, and just completely get right.
1: Yeah, if it were to ever happen, it would be against this Atlanta team. And like you said, I think the the one thing that can easily be pointed to for the Rams has been their offensive line. Uh, like The reason they haven't been successful is their offensive line. And if there were one team that I'm confident really won't take much advantage of it, it would be the Falcons. Like we saw how unable they were to get any pressure on Kyler Murray last week. And he is like one of the most sack-prone quarterbacks in the league. Maybe the most sack-prone. And they still like weren't getting getting him to the ground. They're probably not going to get that done against the Rams. They can't get it done against the Cardinals. So I think the one big weakness that we can point to for the Rams is very much mitigated by this matchup. I, I also like that minus three.
0: Betting on football is not easy, and neither is talking about erectile dysfunction. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or I bet against the Patriots again. (laughs) But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED All from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is easy. Just go to roman.com slash bluewire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle. Kind of like my man Austin Eckler. But now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, San Francisco continues to win football games. Now they are favored by 10 points on the road against the Washington Redskins. Uh, The total on this game sits at 41.5 points. I have four trends on this game. They all are for the Redskins. But that said, I just, I'm not going to actually bet them. Like, it, to me, the San Francisco defense is just super legit. Uh, I don't trust Washington, regardless of who's at quarterback. This could be another game where, you know, if San Francisco gets to 21 points, that should be enough for them to cover, I think.
1: Yeah, I actually feel pretty solid about backing San Francisco here. Uh, San Francisco's margin of victory is over 16, 16.6. Washington's is as uh, minus 12.8 because they've lost every game except for one. And if you throw out the one game they played against a non-real NFL team in Miami, their margin of loss is 18.3. Like a, the San Francisco 49ers have covered the spread all but one time, whereas Washington has only covered once. Uh, I think like, I, I think this is another one where markets are just slow to correct to how truly awful Washington is, especially coming off of like, yeah, they're like, I guess not the worst team in the NFL, although they really like barely came away with a win. Uh, I just think the markets are slow to correct to how bad this Washington team is. I actually like the San Francisco's large favorites in this one, just given how, how much one they've dominated their opponents, but just how awful the Redskins are.
0: Definitely fair. I don't like to bet, you know, double-digit favorites, particularly on the road, but San Francisco, you know, could be an exception. I did it earlier this year with New England against the Redskins, and that worked out, so... Uh, for sure, like, I think betting a double-digit favorite in the right spots, particularly with a team like the 49ers who have an elite defense, c- can certainly be profitable. All right. Afternoon games. We've only got three of them this week, starting with the Los Angeles Chargers. They are at the Tennessee Titans. Titans are favored by two, and we have a 39 and a half point total. So not really sure what to make of this game. My, my gut is telling me that this spread is too low. You know, this this spread is saying that on a neutral field, the Chargers are the better team. And given what we've seen from the Chargers recently, I'm not sure that I agree with that. But at the same time, the Titans did just get shut out by Denver. So uh, overall, I'm expecting a pretty gross, you know, Tennessee Titans type of football game where there's just not a lot of scoring and it's going to go one way or the other on, you know, the last couple possessions.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I... It's it's really it would be incredibly hard for me to back Ryan Tannehill if the Titans announce as their starter. Uh, like uh, not only do I generally not want to be betting on backup quarterbacks, but when their name is Ryan Tannehill, like I really don't want to be going for that. So this is just a stay away for me because I don't know what to make of the Chargers after like a bad loss, like two bad losses in a row. In fact, uh yeah, this is probably just a stay away for me. I I don't hate actually going the under on this game given how poor the Chargers have looked and how much I'm totally willing to bet against Ryan Tannehill. 39 and a half. Uh, obviously very low. I could see it going lower.
0: Yeah, I-, I can get behind the under, uh, as for Tannehill, like, I just, I-, I get that there's some hesitancy with him, but how much worse, how much of a downgrade can he be from Mariota? You know, like maybe he gives you a little bit less athleticism, but Tannehill still is a plus athlete at the quarterback position. Um, and Mariota's like, not that good. I get that Rotoviz people in particular are, have taken a long time to sort of cut the ties on Mariota. And yeah, I had to at, do that. <laughs> even at times this year, it's like, oh, maybe with, you know, these new weapons now, we can, you know, we're going to finally see him. And it's just not a thing. Like, I just don't think that the downgrade at quarterback is that big, you know? And I kind of said the same thing last week with Pittsburgh, like going from Mason Rudolph to, whatever the heck the guy's name is from Sanford, Like I just didn't think it was that big of a downgrade. And it turns out that it really wasn't. So uh, I think that maybe if anything, if people are going to downgrade the Titans because of the quarterback change, like that might be creating a little bit of value with them, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. Mario is pretty bad. (laughs) This is probably the marquee game here. We've got the Baltimore Ravens going into quest field to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle is favored by three and a half and we have a 49 and a half point total. Uh, Russell Wilson, eighth most profitable quarterback in the Bet Labs database when playing at home, 32, 24 and three against the spread. Uh, I will say that a lot of those wins have come as a home underdog. He's much more m- mediocre as a home favorite, but I still think that Wilson is like, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, if not the best quarterback in the league. So I like the idea of, of laying, you know, just a field goal and the hook with them at home.
1: Yeah. And you pointed this out probably the past two weeks and it's held true that uh, Baltimore like probably got overrated by how badly they beat Miami and whoever they played after that. They are only 1-5 against the spread. And that one win, I'm assuming, came against Miami, where I don't think we truly knew how bad they were at that point. Like, we didn't. The spread was like, I don't know, 7.5 or something. Right, it's, it they've certainly been, wasn't
0: been... 49 or whatever they won that game by.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas now Miami, like, we know they're literally a, like, 14 minus or a plus 14 every single game. Like, I think that even that one win against the spread is probably a bit fraudulent from Baltimore. So, yeah, I actually think I like Seattle a lot in this spot.
0: All right, New Orleans Saints at the Chicago Bears. The Bears are favored by three and a half points at home. And we have another small total here, only 38 points. So uh, both of these teams have good defenses. Uh, Chicago, There sounds like there's a chance they get Mitch Trubisky back. Uh, I'm not sure how much of an upgrade that is from Chase Daniel, but Daniel certainly looked bad the last time we saw him. The only thing that I will point out is that the Bears are another team that fit that uh favorited team coming off of a buy narrative so if you like that with the colts the bears are another opportunity to put that trend to use. so i will take the bears but i don't have nearly as much conviction in this one as i do with indianapolis
1: yeah, I actually feel more strongly about uh Chase Daniel G- like going back to Mitchell Trubisky from Chase Daniel really not being that like much of a game changer. Uh like he has been fine the past two the past two weeks, like over seven, uh over seven yards per attempt. Like he's thrown two picks last week, but he's thrown three touchdowns. He's like he's not that good, but he's also not like gonna break your team, which like I don't know, that that could be the same for Mitchell Trubisky, just add in legs. So for me, I think that might end up getting like a little too factored into the Chicago line here. Probably not going to be in my five, but I I like the Saints.
0: At laying the points, we are firm believers that nothing enhances a game like putting a few bucks on it. Uh, Seriously, some of these games have been brutal this season, but it won't feel that way if you're watching with something to gain. Regardless of whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For example, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, put them together, and if they win, if they all win, you'll get a much bigger payout. If you are going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. With pro football, college football, and the MLB playoffs in full swing, hockey and basketball either starting or, or starting right around the corner. Now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie.ag. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code Rotoviz to activate the offer. That's promo code Rotoviz to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. Alright, Sunday night football. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Cowboys are favored by three points and we have a 49 point total. This game I think is going to be split pretty much down the middle. I think that a lot of people are going to end up ultimately siding with uh, the Eagles as a home, do- as a, uh, an underdog. Right now they're getting, you know, the large percentage of the bets and the money, but It wouldn't shock me if that got uh, a little more narrow, closer to kickoff. You know, Dallas is usually a pretty public team. My thoughts here are that the Cowboys are the correct side. Uh, Philadelphia's secondary has just been so bad. I know Dallas has kind of taken the mantle now of being overrated, given how they've performed. I mean, they just lost straight up to the Jets as, you know, roughly seven-point favorites, but... I don't think that this Philadelphia Eagles team is being properly evaluated by most of the public. I think that uh, right now their defense is so bad that Dallas should be able to have their way with them. So I like the Cowboys here as a small home favorite. I'm not sure, uh, you know, if you have any differing opinions here.
1: Yeah, I actually do just because I don't know if I'm as much interested in just saying like blanket statement, the Cowboys are overrated, but I do think like they're, I get that they're at home. So they get that three point edge right there, but they are getting a lot of a lot of points given how banged up they are. Like they're going to be like they're without Tyron Smith, they might be without Lyle Collins, Amari Cooper uh, not looking great to play. Like not a long term injury. I think it was just like a bruised thigh, but uh, um, supposedly it's extremely painful, and I don't know if he'll play. Randall Cobb also could miss. Like that puts a lot oh, of no. stress. Uh, Yeah, that one's not so much. (laughs) That one's not as much. Um, Honestly, it might be better they get Devin Smith in there or something. But, uh, like, being with basically Michael Gallup being forced to be your offense, because I don't know how much Zeke is going to do. Like, one, like, Zeke's not, like, he's not, like, an incredibly, like, wildly efficient runner. He's not, like, a dynamic pass catching back. So, like, one, does he add anything to an offense realistically anyways? Probably not. But, like, if they actually try and lean on him, it's going to hurt them with a backup offensive line. Probably, so that really gives, like, yeah, the Eagles' defense is very bad, but they're only going to have one receiver to actually care about, assuming uh Amari Cooper doesn't play. So for me, I, I, like, really don't know if this offense is going to be able to do much, and I tend to lean on projecting the offense more than, like, projecting the defense they face. So for me, I kind of like uh taking the Eagles here.
0: That's fair. uh Jason Garrett, I don't have it in front of me, but also notoriously bad as a home favorite, like, not... Not a good record as co- as uh, covering in that situation. So another reason to like the Eagles if you like the Eagles. All right, last game of the week, Monday Night Football. We have the New England Patriots favored by 9.5 in New York against the suddenly resurgent Jets. Uh, the total on this game sits at 42.5. So my thought process here is that the Jets are getting too many points, but at the same time... It is New England, so Kyle. What are your thoughts on this game?
1: I think I I think I'd take New England nine and a half. Like, yeah, like they got Sam Darnold back, but in his first game, he wasn't that good. And last week, he did play like extremely well, no doubt about it. But like the sample size on this this season for him is small. And last season, it was very much a mixed bag. They have an awful offensive coach, or they have an awful head coach in Adam Gase. Whereas New England, like their average margin of victory right now is over twenty seven, I believe. Like they are just like one. uh, I think maybe it was Josh Hermes or maybe like Ben Baldwin were actually saying that like, even the defenses doesn't matter. People have concluded that new England does in fact matter as a defense, which says a lot. And especially against this jets offense that like, yeah, they played well, but they still like don't project to be a great offense in my mind. Uh, I actually think nine and a half is pretty, pretty low for how new England just crushed every single opponent they played.
0: All right. My thing though, is like, yes, their defense is amazing, but can their defense continue to score every single week? Like, you have to think there's some regression from them coming in that department. Like, they have scored so many defensive touchdowns this year that that is inflating all of their margin of victories and things like that. Like, honestly, they should not have covered last week, but they scored twice, you know? The defense scored twice, and they won by 17 points. So, or 21 points, something like that. I, I can't see that continuing. Like, there's no statistic that says that the ability to score points as a, as a defense is like a sticky statistic. So even though I totally believe in this Patriots defense, like eventually things have to normalize a little bit for them. And I do think that the Jets, you know, while, while last week was a great win for them, like I still think that the, the overall talent level of this team is probably being undervalued right now. All right. Let's get into the my five presented by my bookie. Uh, last week kyle and i both went three and two overall that brings my season record to 17 and 13 and kyle is back to 500 at 15 and 15 so Woo! let's uh let's have another good week and let's continue to improve these records and get further and further into the black so kyle tell me who are your five favorite picks this week
1: yeah, we have I think we only have this might be the first week where we have uh, opposing picks where we one of us is guaranteed to lose a pick because I will start off with uh, I have Philly. I'm taking Philly with the points at three uh, and then Seattle minus three and a half at home. San Francisco minus 10 uh, Miami with that giant spread of 17. And then we both have Indy minus one at home. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, the big pivot point here will be the uh, what is it the Sunday night game.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, Like you said, I'm also on the Colts minus one. And obviously I'm on Dallas minus three. It's a weird week for me because I'm actually betting four favorites, uh, which I almost never do, Uh, especially And one of them. Is not the Patriots? (laughs) We started the show by saying how how bad favorites have been this year. So naturally, I'm putting four of them into my picks. Uh, My other teams, I've got the Rams minus three. I just don't believe in this Falcons team at all. I've got the Packers minus five and a half. And I have the Detroit Lions getting one point. So Indy minus one, Dallas minus three, Rams minus three, Packers minus five and a half, and Detroit plus one. Lock them in. Let's hopefully get another uh, good week. Even though one of us is going to have to Take an L on the Sunday night game. Hopefully we can still both finish above 500.
1: Yeah, I think one of us goes 5-0, oh, one of us goes 4-1. and one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it, it might happen eventually. If we keep calling it, eventually it's going to happen. Uh, for Kyle, who you can find on Twitter, at Kyle Tweets here, I'm Matt LaMarca, at Matt LaMarca. Thanks for tuning in.